Stepped out of my zone I had to get out all alone And figure it out on my own And I know what I really want now Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode number 60. Uh, in this episode, we have two guests that will be joining us, two of our alumni, uh, Stephen Johnson and, and Humberto Rosa. Um, they're two of our alumni who were able to work on the ultra, ultra cool Into the Spider-Verse. Um, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, hopefully you'll be able to see it soon. Um, so it was really a, a neat opportunity not only to talk with some of our alumni and see where they're at, but to talk with the, uh, these guys who have been able to work on a a game changer in many ways to uh, our industry. It was just a very, very neat film. Um, and to also talk to them from kind of a different perspective, this was Steven Johnson's first uh, full feature, um, animated feature, and uh, Humberto Rosa, who was a lead animator on this uh, film. So um, it was just really cool to be able to talk with our alumni on a cool film and from a unique perspective. So let's join them. All right. Uh-oh. Uh oh, that was Humberto. Okay, so Humberto, you Oops. said you were hanging out. Okay, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's not on my end. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this uh, again. I really just appreciate you guys' time. It's always a neat opportunity. <clears throat> excuse me to get guys like you in on this. Um, obviously, um, into the Spider Verse made a huge, huge splash. And so when we can get guys like you who have also been our alumni to jump in on this and kind of get a little bit of a uh, behind the scenes and um, also kind of your journey, it's just a really unique opportunity. So really, I just appreciate you guys' time. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, so as I mentioned before, this is kind of take two. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty, so I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, but I've got pages of um, questions that were asked online. I just, I put it out there, mentioned I was going to be interviewing you guys. And so, Hey, any questions you guys got hit me up and we had a great response. So half of my job's already done. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always like, uh, kind of, you know, we're all unique. We all come from kind of different backgrounds. And, um, so I always like kind of hearing how you came into animation. Uh, you, you obviously, you guys have both gone through, I animate. And so maybe what made that decision there, um, out of iAnimate, kind of how you maneuvered over to where you're at now. So uh, let's start with you, Humberto. How did you uh, sure. get into animation? Uh, I, I didn't plan. It's, it's kind of weird because I, I always loved animation as a kid. I always used to draw. Like I was like a kid in school who knows how to draw. And I was like, I built my identity on, on that. I, I know how to draw. <laughs> um, so, of course, I was always in love with uh, cartoons and animation. Um, and for some weird reason, I sort of steered away from that as I was getting older. Um, I think at some point, because I, I always, I, I, I play music and I love music as well. And I love filmmaking. So I figured at some point I had like so many interests. I wanted mm -hmm. to uh, get into something that I could sort of, uh, yeah, include all of them or at least as many as I could. And at some point, someone gave me what I think now is pretty bad advice, but at the time it sounded great, <laughs> which was uh, your thing should be advertising. Because if you're working like as a creative uh, in, in an advertising agency, you have like TV ads and like um, jingles and you know um, photography with, with billboards and like you have all of that. Um, but and, and I actually out of out of school, um, I started studying advertising. Because um, I thought that was great, because that would that sort of um, summarized everything I wanted to do. Mm. Um, but then, pretty early on, I figured uh, I realized 
that when you're in creative in an advertising agency, you kind of don't get to do any of that stuff. Like you might come up with it, but someone else does it for you. Someone mm. else takes a picture or someone else, you know, records the song, which is <laughs> uh, deciding what uh, sort of the, the, the idea for it is. Um, and I also discovered that I hate advertising. <laughs> it, was just, it was just something that I, I, I realized. I mean, I, I guess I don't hate it, but uh, it felt like a very, uh, it felt like if I was selling my art cheap by trying, like doing it to sell something, something else. It felt like there was a, a very, not an honest way to not express what I wanted to express. Um, so I, I, at the time, was working at... Um, a production company for advertising. I was doing storyboards for uh, ad, um, agencies as well. Um, and I figured I like the um, post-production side of things mm. from, from working there. So I started studying um, animation with post-production in mind, actually. Like I, I figured I wanted to work in advertising, but not on the creative side of things, maybe on the actual production side of things. Um, and as soon as I started um, studying animation, my first uh, sort of class was some 2D stuff. And I realized, hey, like, I, this is what I always really wanted to do. Like, I wanted to draw. <laughs> I, I did like storyboards because I like drawing. And I always felt like that stuff needed more motion. Um, and it never really uh, clicked uh, with me that, hey, like, all of this that you've always wanted to do, you can, you can do it in animation. Because animation mm -hmm. has, you know, from, I mean, everything in, in filmmaking, plus drawing, uh, plus music, depending on what you're doing. And there's a lot of rhythm involved in just creating movement. Like, all of these things that you like are actually present here in animation. Mm. Um, and that was a great uh, aha moment that I, I kind of feel like got a little late. <laughs> uh, but, but that was just like a big eye-opening moment where I just said, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, so I, I finished my... Um, degree um, in in animation back in Argentina, um, and yeah, I worked. I, wor I started out as a two D animator. I worked as a two D animator for about a year and a half, two years, um, on some pretty unlucky uh, projects that never uh, aired and then never saw the uh, the light of day. Yeah. Um, so I figured I might as well just make <laughs> the jump to CG and see if that was uh, um, a bit more lucky. Uh, and and yeah, I worked in, in, in CG for a good four years, I think, um, as a generalist, and until I retrained with um, iAnimate. Um, and after iAnimate, I, I actually was lucky enough to come straight to Sony. So Very yeah. cool. Now, did you do iAnimate in Argentina at the time still? I did, yeah. Okay, wow, that's fantastic. That's one of the unique opportunities, again, just being all over the world um, to be able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, what about you, Steven? Uh, well, I've been into animation since I was young, like, you know, most people. Um, not most people, most people that come into animation. <laughs> um, I think it's because my mom, she used to, like, buy all the VHSs for us and pretty much collect every animated movie. So that kind of started my love for animation. And then when I was in high school, uh, I never really like thought about it as a career. And then in high school, a teacher made us write a paper on a career. And that's when it like kind of clicked with me that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and after that, I kind of like lost sight of it throughout 
high school, got interested in other things. Um, kind of interested in music. I was doing like Photoshop stuff. Um, but then like when the time, when the time came to apply to college, that's when I was like, oh yeah, animation. <laughs> like I was a terrible student too. Yeah. <laughs> I was a terrible student too. So it's like, I don't know. I didn't really apply myself to like my studies. I went to an American studies high school. Okay. But I always like loved to do art, which like didn't really click. Um, so I found a college that accepted me. <laughs> for like my art portfolio and then I just went there um I went through the entire program got my bachelor's degree and like towards the end of it I realized that I didn't really know what I was doing in animation I could do like a bunch of little stuff here and there but the projects I was doing we had to like start from scratch every time mm-hmm. um so I was like designing the character building the ca- modeling the character rigging it and then I wouldn't have like any time to animate at the end mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, I was terrible at animation, which is what I really wanted to do. Um, and from there I knew I wanted to go to like, uh, another school and I used to listen to your guys' podcast back then. Mm. So I knew like, it was like between you or animation mentor. And I started at animation mentor for four classes and then switched over to you guys. Um, cause I, I don't think their teaching style worked for me. Um, so when I switched over, that's when like everything started to really click. Um, so I took you guys from workshop three to workshop seven Mm. and got my first internship at frame store in when I was in workshop six, like right before workshop seven started. So I was like finishing up school as I was like doing my internship and then doing my first like couple contracts. So it was like, it's kind of rough, but (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think, you know, working 40 hours a week, like doing it full time really helped out Mm. because it was just like, um, I was getting so much practice in is like, that's what I really needed was to do it for 40 hours a week and not like be working a part-time job and then going home and then animating like all night or all weekend. Right. Um, I just needed like, I just needed to put the time in really. Uh, to get where I wanted to be. Now, that's just really, really cool. The fact that you came across iAnimate, listened to the podcast, and yet now here you are yeah. <laughs> yeah. in a podcast. Yeah, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> it is cool. It is really cool. And, and Humberto, I got to tell you, when I reached out to Steven um, via Twitter about doing the podcast for the movie, um, he goes, I said, hey, is there any other iAnimate guys who worked on it? And he mentioned, he goes, oh, Humberto, um, he goes, he was my lead and he goes, he was the best lead I could have asked for, you know? And so that's just, it's just really cool to be able to, um, you know, I've been with iAnimate since the get go. I'm actually even now taking another class right now. I'm taking a class with Tal. Um, I just needed to kind of brush up on some new stuff. And, uh, it's just, it's really just a neat industry to be in, um, to hone our skills, to hear, you know, here Steven is now on a podcast, talk about one of our other, uh, alumni you Humberto who was his lead and goes man that could have asked for a better lead so it's just it's really just kind of cool how things kind of come around full circle or um where you guys end up on so that's just a neat neat thing yeah yeah that's that's great to hear um man Steven made my job easy (laughs) 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 I think I've told him that a good couple of times I think he knows um how much I appreciate his work on that movie because he killed it It, well Um, thank you thank you it was, um, 
And I got to ask you, Stephen, how cool was it to work on that shot? And what's the title of that sequence or that shot? Meet Miles Morales? Yeah. Okay. To have that out the gate, man, as an introduction for the movie. When when you showed it online, it it was just phenomenal. And then I went to actually go see it afterwards. And to know that that was at the beginning as an introduction to him, it was just like... Dude, could you have asked for a cooler shot to have worked on? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just set the tone for the whole movie and for him. And I'm going, you got that one out the gate and just, uh, as Amerta said, just, you know, knocked it out of the park. So yeah. um, what a cool, cool opportunity. Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually got that shot at the end. Like I wrapped that shot up when I was leaving. Oh, really? Yeah, it yeah. was my last shot on the show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's... we. we yeah, we okay. waited on that shot because it was we knew it was a huge shot. It was an important one. It was one that we needed to really nail, um, and we like, it was hard to we kind of found the style of the movie as we were going. Like we knew what what the style overall was, mm-hmm. but but we were leaving some of the most challenging stuff sort of for later. Okay, um, so we could really know uh, what we were doing. Basically, really had to nail that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that was one shot that um, was sort of, uh, yeah, left there just so we could, uh, up until we weren't ready, like we were waiting to be ready to really tackle that and be sure that we could nail it. Um, okay. And when the time came, like it was pretty, it wasn't hard to decide like who, who had to do it. It was like, this guy, Steve, he's like. Now, let me ask you this, because this is, I mean, this, this is your first feature, right, Steven? Yeah. So how... Well, I mean, like you said, the deciding factor, this is a, a, a big, important shot. A, a, a guy who's, this is his first feature, and not only does he nail it, but I mean, like, how how is that decided there? Were you just doing really well on your other shots and going, yeah, this is the guy now, you proved, you proved yourself, or how, how did that work? Yeah, um, so I started off pretty slow on the show, and um, I know, like, I did, um, like, one Aaron shot to start off with. And just like getting used to the style is like, I don't know if you're coming from, like I was coming from VFX. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of difficult to like get used to the more stylized aspect of the show. Yeah. Um, and I think I feel like it was a really slow buildup. Um, Cause I, after that I started getting um, a little bit more mild shots. It was like spread out through the movie too. It wasn't like, you know, sequential or anything. Right. It was just like mild shots here and there. And um, I think I really connected with the character because I'm, I'm from New York, um, from one of the outer boroughs of New okay. York. I also went to a uh, specialized high school. Um, Miles went to, you know, uh, a private school, but it's like kind of the same thing. Okay. A charter school he went to. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just connected with him like on a lot of different levels. He's a mixed kid. I'm a mixed guy from, <laughs> from the Bronx. So it's like, I don't know, like all these things are lining up. And I was like, just Miles, like, take, take the mile shot. You're Miles. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know. At first when I came on, um, other people were doing really well with Miles. So I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's like done with. I, I, I think I might try to do well with like other characters. Um, but as the show went on, I started getting more and more Miles stuff until, you know, the very end when I was blessed with <laughs> <laughs> the opening shot. Seriously, that was way cool. Like I said, you, you just had showed it online and it was just blown away. And then to be able to sit down and you're like, dude, this is at the intro, this is out the gate. That was yeah. really, really a unique opportunity to get that shot. That's just, and like I said, the fact that you nailed it too, it wasn't, you know, 
yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Humberto, from your vantage point, being his lead, what were some of the unique aspects on such a shot like that that was that important? Working uh, Stephen through. Well, I mean, at that time, like by, by the time we started doing that shot, I think we had like pretty uh, sort of smooth workflow uh, between us and mm -hmm. uh, with, with Josh, the, the anime supervisor, and, and with Bob. Um, so uh, I think we kind of knew how to do it. We had done like a, quite a lot of, of uh, shots with Miles. And Steve at that point was like one of our go-to guys for anything Miles. Even like he shot a lot of reference for other people. Mm. Um, so um, it was kind of uh, good timing and, and as, as he said, like a slow buildup because he started doing like smaller shots and we started sort of getting to know each other um, with smaller shots and then little bigger shots. And, and eventually, uh, by the time we got to that, um, I knew I could just rely on him uh, to get the animation done. Uh, we could just um, discuss the acting, the ideas, uh, the structure of the shot, but it wasn't about, you know, timing or spacing or any, any of the, the technicalities. It was just what do we want to feel, what do we want to communicate, mm. um, sort of the, the, the overall choreography of it. Um, <coughs> and I knew he understood the character. I knew he understood what's a model, what's not a model. Um, and, and it just made things pretty, uh, run pretty smoothly, um, which was great. How was your process, Umberto, working up to a, a lead there? Um, how long had you been with Sony before you got moved in that position? Uh, not too long. I, I've been at Sony now for three years and a half-ish, maybe a little less. How much did you say? Um, three, three and okay. um, almost and a half. Um, so my first show here was Storks, um, mm. and I almost immediately out of Storks uh, started on Spider-Man. Um, so I worked on Storks for about a year, um, and I moved on to Smurfs, but I was in Smurfs only for like a couple of weeks because mm. um, I was immediately taken out of that um, to do the original, like the very early uh, tests for, for Spider-Man. Um, so I was in, basically I did well in Storks and the anime supervisor, Josh Beveridge, he was the same um, anime soup for Storks and Spider-Man. Okay. He liked my work in Storks. Uh, so he got me into doing those um, Spider-Man tests. Um, and basically I was on the show. I, they ended up redesigning the characters. Like those other tests were with older designs that basically got redesigned. So we, we had a bit of a gap between they got remodeled and re-rigged and we could actually start animating again with the new models. Okay. So I spent that time on Emoji. Um, but basically, as, as, as I got back to Spider-Man, I was the first animator on there doing the tests. As we got back to it, um, we, we kept doing more tests with the new designs. Um, and yeah, and, and Josh was... Um, happy with my work and made me a lead. So, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I, I still am blown away by, by, by the opportunity because, I mean, I didn't have uh, that much experience. I mean, not, I, I had quite a few years of experience, but not in, in feature films mm -hmm. and not in big studios like this. Right. Um, so I, I felt comfortable with, with being able to tackle it, but at the same time, it was pretty intimidating as well yeah um so yeah it was, it was crazy and luckily it, it um turned out to be all right <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing and i guess that's the reason why i was asking that because from you know we've had like i said earlier we had our last podcast was with uh, simon Otto, and he was at um Dis or dreamworks for 20 something years you know um and you guys are both relatively 
young in this here. Um, so yeah. just need to see that gap. But yet here, Humberto, you were lead on a crazy cool movie. Stephen, you got one of the very important shot being, you know, this year uh, first feature. So it's just a really neat opportunity to, to hear that kind of background and that story. And I'm assuming just as you guys have mentioned, the hard work and um, being able to prove yourself just paid off. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's like... one of the Go ahead. <laughs> well, it seems like Sony's, uh, uh, they're pretty good about giving new people shots mm. and uh, shots as in chances to prove themselves, not right. like actual shots. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, as long as you do well, like they'll give you like a chance to do like a bigger shot. And I don't think if you do uh, too poorly on a shot, you won't like be knocked back to like do like really terrible shots you might have to like uh do a couple more like smaller shots to build your way back up again but mm -hmm. they seem uh, more liberal with uh the work that needs to be get done mm. yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. what i was gonna say i mean it, it's a it feels like a super uh friendly place to to be a newcomer you know it doesn't feel like you need to pay you know any sort of uh um you Dues. know um, exactly um, anyone can get a good shot and if you're doing good work you gotta get better shots mm. um, and, and no one's uh, you know, pressuring you to, to keep that up if someone does poorly on something or someone's struggling with a shot um, the, the, the whole idea of the team is to you know, build that animator's confidence back again so they can you know, do good work again that's interesting that you guys kind of said that because um, as I was talking with my brother um, Daryl who's one of our alumni as well and business partner of mine I was kind of looking at when Spider-Man had first came out on this year and I kind of felt like Sony was really the only one who could have done something like this. I don't mean technically, but I mean, as far as, um, being adventurous, um, I, I look at like, uh, and it kind of seems like, you know, each studio has their own little niche or their own, uh, uniqueness about them. And, uh, Sony seems to be kind of the one who's been willing to, push the boundaries a little bit. I, I remember, um, with, um, I was a chance of meatballs. Um, yeah. The, yeah. when that first came out, that was a very push style for, for CG. Um, we hadn't seen anything like that, you know, quite yet. Um, and then something along this line. So it just seems like Sony's, I guess, a little more risky or willing to take risk. And it kind of even goes back to like you're talking about, even for the artist to be willing to go, yeah, you know, you've proven yourself. Let's jump on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, well, I mean, it's it's not a coincidence that Cloudy and Spider-Man are both also Chris and Phil, um, who mm -hmm. I think they're they're uh, really uh, great at having first of all good ideas and also very eager to push boundaries and, and mm -hmm. you know not not settle uh, with with what we know works. Um, but yeah. Now you mentioned you were early on in this uh, development. Um, how early? was the comic book style settled? Was that from the get-go or? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was always the goal. Um, okay. they, they were never going uh, for something uh, normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it did take quite a long time to sort of find what the, the style actually was. But, but, but the, the um, ambitious goal of doing something that you've never seen before, doing something that really feels uh, inspired in comic books and that breaks as many rules as we possibly can. That was uh, the mission statement from, from day one. Yeah. 
which was, you know, no pressure. (laughs) 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 Now, Stephen, how, how, uh, you mentioned it was kind of a slow learning curve for you, kind of adjusting, um, from VFX to something like this. Can you tell us about, you know, kind of walk us through that process. Did you have guys like Humberto to be able to kind of keep walking you along or how did that work? You know, learning this. I don't know. I think I just have a slow ramp up. <laughs> Cause I have a slow ramp up on this show too. It's like, I don't know, still uh, trying to get a hold of the style. But um, yeah, when I first came in, uh, I got like really small shots. They were um, some back, everyone that came in got to do like a background character. So it wasn't really a crowds team or anything. Okay. Um, I think for a while. And then we got one later on. But yeah, so we started off with that and then got to, I got to do some like uh, flashlight animation. And then I didn't, I didn't like want to want them to think that I was spending like really little time on it. So I might have spent a little too much time. <laughs> <laughs> when you say flashlight animation, what do you mean? Um, it, when he's in the tunnel. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't quite sure if that yeah. was like a term. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. Like, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, yeah, so I was a Sony like, yeah, term or something. <laughs> no. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this flashlight animation. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just spent like, yeah, I think too long on it. And then after that, um, I think it was more so getting used to the rigs. Okay. Um, getting used to the rigs, also getting used to um, uh, the stepped animation, uh-huh. and like kind of deciding what my workflow is going to be for the show. Um, when I first got on, I was like, I was like, Oh, it's on two. So I'm just going to break it down. Like the entire time. I'm just right. gonna, like be in step and just like keep breaking it down until I'm on twos. And then, uh, Bertha was like, Hey man, don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay. So why, why wouldn't you well, do that? Like, it seems kind of a logical, you know, if it's going to be yeah, on twos, you, kind of yeah. put it in. Yeah. So what was the methodology of not doing that? What had you learned? So well, that, that, um, go ahead. That was it. Go ahead. Uh, no, so it was just it's faster to go into spline, and then after that, um, bake it on twos. Okay. And then from there, you can clean up the spacing. Um, yeah. So once like he told me that, it was like, oh, okay. So um, I could just do my normal workflow, and then you don't even have to polish, or I didn't have to polish that much before I went into uh, stepped again. Okay. Cause then you're really polishing once you're back in step and then um, sometimes things are a little, they're not snappy enough. So you have to like tighten the curves. Mm. Um, sometimes uh, like if you're trying to do like a really nice ease, it'll like hit a wall. Okay. So you just like tap Pulling it back it. down. Yeah. 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 Now, I got to give it a little shout out here. We had a, um, cause you said, you know, you adjust the curves. I had a, a graph editor on Twitter, he, he, his question was, or its question was, is why didn't you let me help? So <laughs> there, there's a shout out to a graph editor. Yeah. <laughs> graph editor, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. <laughs> so we have it here on the podcast that there was use of the graph editor. So there you go. A graph editor. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was everyone's workflow, but I think for a lot of people. Okay. Uh, that's what they did, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, that, that was one of the things that we we discovered sort of early on. Our, I mean, our first 
um, instinct was exactly that. I mean, if, if we're going to work on twos, um, we, and, and we're trying to avoid things feeling spliny and arky, and that's the whole reason for using twos. We don't want to don't want it to feel uh, like the usual CG. We don't don't want it to feel like super polished. Mm-hmm. We want that sort of hand drawn, you know, handcrafted feel. Right. And that and that texture. So, uh, one of the I mean, the first test that that I did was with Peter, and I did that. Like I I just made um, made a step uh, blocking, and I started breaking it down and breaking it down, and it became really hard to get subtle acting to, to work. When mm-hmm. you start doing that, you, you, you sort of lose track of every single control and you start finding that you just have like flat tangents uh, all over the place and it's, it's hard to sort of keep your curves together and hard to keep your animation from looking uh, too disjointed and too blocky. Um, and then we had, an, basically, we had two tests. There was a dialogue shot of, of Miles and Peter talking to each other and we approached both with different workflows. I did the Peter one, trying to just always work in step and see how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Julie, Bernier Gosselin, she was uh, another one of her leads. And she had the mouth shot and she did the, the spline and beginning to twos workflow. Um, and she got so much faster, so much better results mm. um, that it's like it didn't uh, work right away. If you just, if it's something spline, you bake it down to twos. It wasn't exactly what we, what we were looking for, but it allowed you to just go right into like polishing those, you know, twos instead of worrying about getting something to look sort of, um, you know, um, smooth enough. Okay. Um, I was just really struggling with that. And yeah, that was really informative because it was kind of counterintuitive uh, in a way. And we were kind of, at least for me, I almost thought that we were doing it to rule out that we didn't want to do it in spine, that we wanted to do it instead. <laughs> and it ended up being completely other, the other way around. Um, so yeah, that, that was super uh, informative. And actually, like, that's something that I keep doing. I, I, I'm back to working on once now in the show I'm working at. Um, and it's still, like, it's kind of amazing. If you have a shot, say you do your normal blocking in step, and you just spline it, uh, and you clean up that spine just, Barely. So you have something that's pretty floaty, pretty ugly, but it's in the ballpark of what mm-hmm. your spine is going to look like. If you have that on twos, it's so much more forgiving. Uh, like yeah, it's yeah. amazing how much how much your brain sort of fills in the the, the missing details mm-hmm. with the right information and not like the floaty spiny information. <laughs> um, so now I, I I like just blocking in spine a lot. I like working layered um, a lot as well. Um, and it's pretty uh, efficient for me to just do like a quick uh, spline blocking that looks floaty and ugly, and just bake it down to twos and show it like that because mm. it feel it, it looks much more similar to what the end result is going to look like. Right. Okay. Uh, so once I mean, if you're showing that to a director or a supervisor, they get a pretty clear idea of what you're going for. Then you have to grab your your curves and actually clean them up. Right. Um, and you never use your baked to twos um, version. But, but begging to twos, sort of to, to quickly putting some makeup on, on ugly spines <laughs> is something that I'm totally doing. I think I'm doing from now on because it's great. <laughs> it's easy to show and kind of get your uh, to buy off, right? Totally, totally. Okay. I, I actually, I, I saved, uh, I'm doing a shot now where I saved the, the bake to twos version just so they can have it uh, and compare what I'm cleaning up my spines with and sort of 
see one next to the other because um, it's it's kind of amazing how much uh, how much better it looks when you just strip down every other frame. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is something I wasn't expecting at all. Now, are you guys using something internal for Maya, or is this uh, for, um, something developed within Sony for breaking down the animation? Yeah, yeah. We we had a couple of tools. I actually wrote a couple of them. Wow. Um, so, because our idea was to uh, not mess with people's workflows, we uh -huh. really wanted people. I mean, it was already a hard show to to get to uh, figure out. We're working with a lot of new things uh, like two D inclines and and you know all this stuff. So we didn't want to, on top of that, force people to work differently than they usually right, do. Right. Um, so yeah, we, we, we made a, a bunch of tools um, that basically allowed you to work however you wanted and then just preview how it would look like on whatever you wanted, your know, twos, threes, fours, mix of twos and ones. Mm. Um, and you could just show that for review or keep it up for yourself um, before you actually commit it to baking it down to that. Okay, gotcha. Um, kind of going back to uh, some of what you're talking about here, what were some of the additional things that you, animators had to, to learn with some of the effects uh, you know wobble or um, you guys didn't use motion blur but some of the um, blurring techniques was that something that the animators ha handled or was that something that um, was post well there was a, there was a, a mix of both um, okay I think overall most of it uh, it was all done in animation um, okay. we did have uh, some of the lines of the face I mean anything that was expressive uh, was handled in animation. Um, okay. Everything that was really either just lines that were describing just form, um, like you know the, the the bridge of the nose, so stuff like that. We we didn't have to like hand animate that. Um, but most of it, if not almost all of it, was was handled in animation. Um, we did have a few, like a couple of tools and a couple of different um, options from like two D hand drawn lines mm -hmm. to like geometric shapes. Um, and, and tools for doing like multiple limbs and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was a pretty, it was, it was pretty uh, uh, wide um, sort of menu of things you could choose from and, and creatively you could just do your shots however you wanted. So it was pretty cool. Okay, so it was kind of left up to the animator on how those were handled then? Yeah. Okay, so would a director, Stephen, for example, or maybe a lead, see that and go, "No, we might not. We've used that on the shot beforehand. Let's kind of mix it up, or no, that works right into the next, or the shot before or after." How is that handled? Um, I'd say they gave us a lot of freedom on the first pass. Okay. So, like, um, to show how we wanted things to look, and if they didn't feel that it was right for the moment, then then they would like bring it back. Say, okay. Oh, maybe that multiple doesn't work there or that line work doesn't work in this uh, section. Um, but I feel like we were given a lot of freedom in terms of uh, whenever we first showed, then we could just like kind of do what we wanted. Was that fun being creative or was it kind of daunting going, okay, what do I, what do, I do here? <laughs> Pretty daunting. Like I'm not, uh, I, don't, I don't draw. <laughs> so okay. I used to like try to draw when I was younger and then I gave that up pretty early. Uh -huh. um, so it was hard for me to get used to um, like drawing the shapes on the faces and just like coming up with nice appealing shapes. Okay. Uh, what about the, uh, came in. the little tap on the neck that give it a little. Psh. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had to like hand draw that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I hand drew that and then um, they also like kind of like a spark. So it kind of like yeah. dissipates as okay. it goes out. So I had to like hand animate that too. 
so it, is um, that geometry that's there or do you guys use like something like grease pencil or so um we can use a pencil tool to draw a curve okay and then uh we can use that curve to create geometry okay Very so all cool. those lines that you see in there are actual geometry <laughs> in the scene <laughs> yeah. just use yeah. what you drew huh yeah okay it, i mean it's cool because like your actual like I drew that with my hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, I was never, I mean, like I, I have a big stack of comic books. My kids asked me, Oh, you know, where'd you, I was in college. The uh, library um, was getting rid of them. And they were like, seriously, like five cents each. I'm like, yes, I just grab a bunch. I love the artwork. So I was never a big kid growing up reading comic books. I just, I love the artwork because it's that kind of what we do here in animation. But it, so it's got that motion, but I can see where you're, you're, adding these kind of stuff and it's like, hey, I'm drawing a, a comic book right here, you know? Yeah. Those, uh, do you guys have like reference that you guys look back to other uh, comic books that are sitting right there? You're like, Hey, let me see what they get here. Or, um, how did that work for you? Like you said, you didn't draw a whole lot growing up. What, where'd you get the inspiration to do that kind of stuff? Um, for that, for that, moment, just, shot? <clears throat> for that moment, I think, um, that language was established since it was like later in the show. The language was established like early on, earlier on in the show. So I've seen people do that particular, not um, that particular motion, but use those lines okay. to describe something before. Okay. So um, I just thought it would be a cool moment to use that. Okay. What about you, Humberto? Did you, you familiar with comic books kind of growing up and you're like, oh man, this is old hat or like I have to kind of go through some of this kind of stuff and see what they did here or. Yeah. No, I, I, yes, I was, um, I never like read a lot of comic books growing up. But I did. It was a lot. I was very into the drawings of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. For some reason, I I might be wrong, but I think in Argentina back in like the nineties, there wasn't a, there weren't a lot of comic books uh, around. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but um, I, I did like the artwork a lot. Um, and we did have early on in the show um, a lot of meetings about. Uh, good comic book influences and bad okay. comic, like what the, the, the kind of comic books that we wanted to reference and the kind of comic books um, that we kind of wanted to not avoid, but that, that, that were not in our um, graphic language right. uh, and not in our, in our design rules. Um, and we did have uh, Josh, especially he made like a huge, pretty extensive list of uh, breaking down uh, different comic book styles and, like comic book, um, like impact lines and speed lines and expressions and you know, everything uh, that, yeah, he wanted to achieve or at least he wanted us to try. Um, I think that was pretty, um, that was available to the team, but that was very, like they really pushed for us leads uh, to sort of share that. You know, okay. if you ever had someone who's working on a shot, just go through this and, and you know, suggest uh, what, what kind of things could work or where, where could they find inspiration. Um, stuff like that. Now, was the movie all on twos, or was there moments where you guys say, "Let's we put these on ones," or how did that work? Uh, we had uh, everything. Um, the the main, uh, I guess, the rule was it doesn't. It, it needs to look um, it, it not stroby, you know. It needs to not look mm -hmm. choppy and, and unfinished, um, and and it needs to look like something that you could watch on IMAX screen and not get a headache. Okay. Um, <laughs> so from then on, like if you wanted to you know, have it on twos and have a lot of smears uh, or just having ones. I mean, without, without motion blur, even once uh, feel a little bit uh, crisper and snappier than, mm. than, you know, with motion blur on. True. Yeah. Um, 
so even with with a real even with real fast motion if you had that on once it might still stroke because you might have like very big spacing gaps um, across the screen screen ah. um so there was a there was a lot of everything i think the the only uh, the only thing we knew is we wanted to avoid uh feeling you know spliny and mush and like over um interpolated i guess gotcha. um, we wanted to capture that um the texture that the, the two sort of make you feel um, okay and so it was yeah it was uh, depending on the shot um, it was addressed in different ways now how did uh, was the quota for shots any different um did you did you find that you had to polish and i, I don't mean this in a negative way but polish less because it um you were on different um twos and ones and things like that or was any different, I guess, as far as quota time frame, your how every time it took you to do a shot like that. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I I think it was a, a different. Like we we're kind of the same amount of time. At least in my case, I felt like I would spend the same amount of time, which is working on different things. Okay. Because um, there would be a lot of work in polishing all, the, especially if you were doing like a, a close up um, acting shot like getting all the inclines to work and all the lines in the face and like all that kind of stuff might need a lot more polish than your usual um, shot. But then if you're working on twos, you might not have to work on your spine you know, and your curves as much. Right, right. You still have to polish it. Um, so like, I think it balances out because it's like, okay. it's less, I don't say less complexity on, on the you know, body animation side just because you're in twos, but it is a little less work uh, if you're in twos and you know how to, handle it gotcha but it's a lot more work uh because sometimes you might be on twos and it might be uh faster to get you know uh, your shot to to look good and weighty and and spacing to work and everything but then you have crazy strobing because you're moving from one side to the other or the camera is doing a weird thing mm. so you have to figure out a creative way for that to work um and it's it can be tricky because sometimes if you if you have a shot that's like half of the shot is in twos, half the shot is in ones, you totally see the transition. Mm. And if half the shot is in ones, then the half that's in twos looks unfinished. Okay. So you can't have <laughs> you, you can't just go like oh whatever you know in this part I just put it in ones. You need to be really efficient and careful with what you're having on ones, what you're having in twos, because uh, yeah, it, it can it can be kind of deceiving, um, and it can sort of make the shot more complicated than, than it actually looks like. Um, so there was a lot of time put on things that you might not have to worry about in any other show. Okay. Gotcha. So I think it's the, the same amount of, of time working on a shot, just on different things. Okay. And you found the same thing, Steven, to be true, or was your experience a little different? Uh, well, I had no real experience with how long shots should take. Okay. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> relying <laughs> on uh, Umberto to tell me when, to finish up okay. <laughs> sometimes yeah so i mean did you find uh time management to be pretty straightforward for you or did you uh, find that a bit of a challenge or how'd that work then i didn't find it challenging it seemed like um most of my shots were like like a five day big day okay um sometimes it went a little longer depending on the complexity of the shot but most of them took that and i never at any point really felt that much pressure okay um it's just like if you like final on a Friday and it has to go out <laughs> that week, then it's like, oh, okay, damn. <laughs> do some overtime. Got to hustle a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'm going to jump in a couple questions because they kind of 
tie into this a little bit. So, and guys, this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of these are asked from people on Twitter and Facebook. So sometimes their names are just, it is what it is. So this is from Cam, the space kid. Um, <laughs> says, what was your favorite part of the movie to have worked on? And what was your favorite part that you didn't work on? So we'll start with you, Steven. So what was your favorite part of the movie that you worked on? Well, my favorite part was the opening shot of Miles. Okay. Um, yeah, that would be my favorite. And then I really wanted to work on um, the last or the like the boss battle. Oh, okay. Um, just because it just seemed so crazy and ridiculous. And there were just like <laughs> so many cool uh, fight shots um, and choreography in that sequence. Uh-huh. It would have been like amazing to work on. Now, okay, I want to ask a question on that one. How was that choreographed? Um, because the camera's kind of all over. There's, there's, you're, uh, and I'm not going to have any spoilers. I hate spoilers, so I would try to keep it as um, spoil-free as I can. Um, but there's no real point of reference, per se. It's kind of in this space-type um, atmosphere, we'll say. Um, how, how did that work? I mean, I'm going it would seem like it'd be a little bit challenging to have worked on with no point of reference to a certain degree. And, you know, this camera kind of moving and panning and, uh, if you guys worked on those or saw some of the shots and saw some of the challenges that, or was it pretty straightforward and I'm kind of overthinking it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I think we shared that like all of the third act battle. Uh, I think we shared that amongst all the leads and all the teams. Um, it was pretty challenging, but at the same time, like, I don't think the, the uh, camera blocking was the, the biggest challenge because we did work with uh, just an environment. You just okay. don't see that environment in the end results. You just see like all that abstract background. Yeah, but we right. did have sort of points of reference and, and an actual environment to, uh, that we were working with. So we knew uh, where we were and like what was cutting to what, and it wasn't just, you know, up in the air. Okay. Um, uh, then it was up to you know lighting to figure out how the colors on the abstract backgrounds actually uh, <laughs> uh, don't feel disorienting. Um, but yeah, I, th- I feel that wasn't uh, that much of a headache. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So Humberto, same question to you. What was your favorite part of the movie to have worked on? And now hindsight, looking at it, what would, was your favorite part that you didn't get maybe a chance to work on? Uh, well, I can tell you. It, I would have loved uh, to work on everything that Julie did. <laughs> Julie was, uh, she, her team, and she was basically, she did all of the um, sad stuff, and all the dramatic stuff, uh-huh. and everything without spoiling things. If you ever, uh, if you find yourself crying, crying watching the movie, that, that's <laughs> one of her sequences. That's um, Julie who? Bernier Gosling. Okay. I, 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 I hope I, I, I'm pronouncing her, her last okay. name right. Uh, it, it's French Canadian, so uh, okay. Bernier Gosselin. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, I was looking to get people credit where credit's due. So if you're just <laughs> yeah, you're getting credit here. Um, but at the same time, like I would not dare to interfere with Julie's work. Like, she's just <laughs> so so amazing at what she does. But I would not like. I mean, I, I wish I could have worked on that stuff but at the same time i'm so glad that she did <laughs> and that uh, because that's why uh, it ended up um you know looking the way it does um Very cool and as for favorite stuff i think my i was uh character lead for miles um and everything 
I feel like I really enjoyed everything that was Miles related. Mm. Um, uh, I didn't get to animate as much. I had a, a, a couple of shots with, with him. Um, and I like most of the work I did for Miles was on like building library stuff and the, mm. like doing behind the scenes stuff to help other people. Um, but I did get like a lot of the sequences where Miles is just being himself and being, you know, fun and charming, like, you know, Steven's shot. And that opening sequence, you know, him with his uncle, him with his dad on, on, on the police car, like all of that stuff, uh, I found it was, uh, yeah, incredibly satisfying to, to, uh, to work with. Okay, I got to ask a quick question. Who, who did the shot where uh, Miles puts his hand on and he's like, hey? <laughs> I animated one of those. I, I think that one, like the very first one, where he goes like, so walk up to her and be like, hey, and uh-huh. not really, that one was mine. Okay, because um, <laughs> my, my uh, six-year-old daughter, she loved that part. And there's times where I'm just like leaving to go to work. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I got to tell you something. <laughs> I already know what's coming, but she, I've been down. And she's like putting her hand and she just giggles. So that was just a, a great shot. So I had to find out who did that one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, that sequence was, was fun. I mean, that one was one of the first sequences that we did um, where we were, at least I was, scared of just, tackling this because we hadn't done uh any or, or much like subtle acting uh just you know two guys talking but that kind of stuff we did a lot throughout the movie and the movie i think has a lot of really successful just casual conversations yeah yeah but at the time that was one of the first sequences where we were dealing with something like this um and the, the kickoff for it was like we want to make this feel like nothing you've seen in an animated movie one of this feel this has to feel like almost live action, but, but be super stylized and be uh-huh. very animated, but very grounded and relatable. It was like, oh, holy crap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no big deal. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the cool part about this movie too is that um, I had a chance this last week to go to a, a charter school and just kind of give a, a, a short lecture um, on animation. And um, so someone asked me about this movie and I'm like, oh, it was fantastic, this and that. And the thing I was able to talk with them about was that I said, you know, one of the things in our industry is story is king, you know? So I said, the idea with just these visuals here, I said, without the story, it wouldn't have, it would have been just a neat trick, you know, type deal. The cool part about this movie though, is it had everything, the visuals, the animation, the lighting, the, the story, it just, it just, again, it knocked it out of the park. Like you said there, I wanted, we wanted it to look like this, 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 and you go, and you guys did it. And it's just a very, very unique film to be able to have worked on, I'm sure. So yeah, congrats. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, and it was great to feel like, uh, like the momentum building. I was, we, we, we struggled with it quite, for quite some time. Like it didn't work out from, from the get-go. And um, we spent a lot of time like, in fear of like, will this ever work? Is this, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> um, we knew we always knew we had something special um, with the potential of being great, but at the same time, like whenever you're trying, it's always scary to to be outside of your comfort zone yeah, to try absolutely. different things. Um, and yeah, for for a long time, we didn't know if it was gonna work, and we knew we liked what we were doing, and we were like uh, you know, excited about it, but not really sure if it was actually gonna work out. Um, so yeah, it was it was great, and it's it's amazing now that the thing is done yeah, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was quite a quite a long time of uh, a lot of stressful um, 
you know, decisions. Uh, yeah. Josh, the, the um, Josh Beveridge, the, um, he has, uh, in a couple of, in- of interviews, he said something that I love, which is that he realized um, after this that in art, if you're, if you're scared, uh, it means you're, you're doing something valuable, you know, and, and, and different, and, um, and you're pushing at least your own personal um, boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really get better if you're not doing something yeah. um, that challenges you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, there's a, there's a deceiving uh, calm in, in being right inside your comfort zone and not yeah. moving out of that. Yeah. Um, and it's great that there was, this was able to sort of push that in so many different levels. Yeah. Um, I want to keep going on some of these questions. These are great answers though. Um, I got to tell you, there's a couple here. I want to give a shout out here because you guys might know them. Uh, Taryn Lack. Is oh yeah. Right? Taryn. Yeah. Okay. So his question <laughs> is, um, how do you get to be so awesome? <laughs> by being friends with Tarun Lab. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I actually sat in the same pod as him. So okay, very I cool. Would just look over my shoulder and see whatever he was doing. Oh, so maybe this and was then, his kind of end to kind of go. Well, yeah, like you know, you guys, yeah. you're giving him credit here. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a crazy, crazy uh, talented pod. Stephen was doing like that big mile shot uh, next to Leandro Martins, who was doing. The following super one or a long shot of Miles, like uh, getting ready for school, with his, walking through, uh, like yeah, walking through the living room mm. and, and taking a um, sip of the soup. And Tarun was working on Miles, like walking on his uh, on, on the block in front of his school, like talking mm. to his friends, which are all like monster long shots, uh, super important, you know, character building, perfect introduction of Miles, and they were all sitting next to each other. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. Pretty great. That's cool. All right. So having good people around you, that's, that's how you become so awesome. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. This was another one, guys. You guys might know Nick Condo. Uh, I don't know him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you know, because he said Steven. No. <laughs> he said, Steven, when you were acting out your shots for Miles, how did you approach the character? Were you being yourself or playing a character? Some combination of the two? Did you study other actors or musicians? Um, <clears throat> I think it was a combination of the two because we discussed earlier that I, I felt really connected to Miles. Um, I felt like we shared a lot in common. Um, but also, he's a like, 12, 13-year-old kid. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm a grown man. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> You had to go back to your. You had to go back to your youth and think about that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But specifically uh, for the opening shot, what I I really wanted to do was I was aiming because I was really thinking about people from New York in the audience, Mm. and I wanted them to like see Miles and like how he was like grooving to the music, and I wanted to like uh, connect with that. And like, oh yeah, yeah, like he's. He's a kid from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn, from yeah, New yeah. York, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like my main goal for that shot, or one of my main goals for that shot was just to like, I really wanted to go to like New York and actually watch the movie with an audience that I didn't get to. Uh-huh. But I wanted them to like feel that part. Gotcha. That's cool. Did you have to listen to rap for the first time? And I was just clicking. <laughs> like, what is yes. this rap? Let me listen to something before. Oh, yeah, I can dig this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Farley Fit kind of asked some of the similar questions about how to, how you introduce Miles. How cool was that? Um, let me see here. Um, 
Now, someone asked, uh, this is Suzuki, said, uh, what was your favorite scene to animate? And I'm going to kind of hit this to you, Humberto, in regards to um, the uh, Gwen one with her playing the drums. I noticed you mentioned that on Twitter that, you know, you played the drums. Uh, can you talk about that shot a little bit? Sure, yeah. Um, that, was, uh, that was a great shot to animate. Um, and it was way more challenging than I ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I actually thought it would be just like a fun shot that I could just... I mean, it wasn't like, I, I, I wasn't really, I didn't, didn't do a lot of work with Gwen. I hadn't animated her before. I wasn't uh, really in that sequence. I was just, I figured, well, this is a fun shot that I can just, you know, get on, uh, just enjoy doing because uh, I like drumming. I, I play drums. Um, and I think it, it probably was the most challenging shot of, of the whole movie for me because mm. um, it just, there's a very, tricky thing when you have like if you see footage of a drummer with you know real life motion blur drumsticks are just just a blur you never see a single you know drumstick there uh, mm -hmm. same thing with, with arms um and if you start thinking uh like i was uh, about the actual technique or what you're actually doing with your hands uh that's gonna be just impossible to read if you're animating it even on once without motion blur because um, it's just too much motion and it just feels like everything's just blinking because um, you, you can't track any of the, uh, of the sticks or the arms. You can't really follow what's happening. Um, and it ended up being uh, so tricky to, to actually get it to, to work and feel like, because I really wanted it to feel like it was, there was some proper technique, like drumming technique gotcha. <laughs> uh, behind it. I feel that's uh, like, Julie came to me and she said, well, I have this drumming shot. I know you love, you play drums. I know you would probably love to animate it. Um, and she also knew that if someone else did it, I would annoy the hell out of that person. <laughs> was like, that's not how you play drums. That's the wrong technique. Um, so I think, she, she was um, going to kill two birds with one stone there, huh? Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, a, was an amazing shot to animate. And, and I feel like I, I dreamed about animating drumming for a long time. Um, but... Honestly, like while I was doing it, it was painful. It was painful <laughs> to actually get it to work and it wasn't working. I was just trying different things and it didn't work. And I was just, oh, why did I even accept this? <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily, it ended up working. And it was actually, um, I showed it with, with no, um, like I, I drew, hand drew like all the smears and multiples just as a preview. Like, okay, this is my plan. This is what I'm planning on doing. Um, and it got approved that way. Um, which was great. Uh, but then I had to spend like a long time actually making that I had drawn into like a real thing <laughs> with, okay. with real, you know, renderable geometry. Uh. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a super fun shot. Um, and, and it's crazy that like from all the stuff that I did in the movie, it's really the one that I struggled with the most by far. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Um, quick question. How, when you guys said you guys drew this stuff here, how did that work as far as I mean, you guys ever have my uh, mouse or tablets or how did that work sharing? Or cause that would seem like a lot of tablets for a lot of artists. I mean, how did that work? Uh, a lot of tablets for a lot of artists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Just curious when you mentioned that, um, we had a couple questions. Alex Wilson asked, uh, and these are kind of, uh, so I'm going to kind of condense it here, but what are some uh, special aspects of the movie's rigs that you wish more rigs had? So what were some of the uniquenesses about the rigs that you guys found that you haven't seen before? Well, to me, the rigs weren't 
that different than what I've seen. Well, what I saw at like frame store. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the abilities to multiple limbs and smear frames on those or. Uh, yeah. Those are like proprietary tools that Sony developed. So gotcha. I think, um, yeah, a lot of the, the stuff that you see that's like crazy limbs and then the, uh, uh, the ink lines, stuff like that is like the tools. It's just extra tools on top of the rigs that we're okay. using. Yeah. Now, there's on the attribute and you're having to scroll through and kind of find it or, I mean, was it pretty easy with the, they have a U, uh, UI that worked real well for you guys? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk more about it? I would just add uh, 2D lines on every character's face ever. <laughs> like, I think 2D lines <laughs> and faces are the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I miss having 2D lines on, 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 on the character's face on the show I'm working on now. Um, mm. it's, that to me was, was um, something I didn't expect. It would change, it would open up sort of my, my animation brain so much. Mm. Um, but that's something I would love and everything. But it's crazy how much, like if you have neutral brows, just default neutral brows, and you just draw like attention, like furrow in the middle, uh, you automatically get like something <laughs> that feels like a little bit of, of an angry brow. And if nah. you, instead of doing that, those lines, do like a little, you know, uh, tension lines on, on the forehead, you automatically get like, you know, the brows feels like, feel like they're tensioning like upwards. Um, and it gives you, I felt like it gives you to- so much freedom just get little nuanced expressions that, that it's sometimes really hard to get with, with Ricks because you, you need like the formations to get that, but maybe right. with just a one well-placed line, you just communicate everything you need. Or you that's just, pretty you know, cool. Yeah, so that's, that's something I, I'm, I'm really missing right now. <laughs> to be able just to draw that little thing in there to really sell it, huh? That's a great point. Yeah, yeah there's some animators that actually use ink lines to, for crying. Oh, okay. Or like, to use it as like a reflection in the eye to uh. show someone who, uh, like they're cheering up. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Huh? Um, kind of, uh, Chris and I, I'm not going to even pronounce the last name, but I'm sorry, uh, Chris S, uh, said, which other comics would you like to bring to the big screen with the sing spider verse style in mind? Kind of goes back to that other question here in regards to the uh, rigs. I'd say Batman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because, yeah, I think you could get really graphic with him. Uh huh. He's so like you focus. His story focuses so much on night. Mm. Um, Good point. It's like darkness. Yeah, I think you could get really graphic, and it would be pretty fun. Cool. Play with those shapes. What do you think, Humberto? Yeah, I mean, Batman would be awesome. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't do anything in Spider Verse time. I would like try to find something completely different again. I go like, okay, this is Spider Verse. Let's grab something else and, and see how we can do it with, uh, I mean, if we were doing Batman, I would try to create a completely new style for Batman. Okay, um, gotcha. And, and not reuse the Spider-Verse stuff. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, B- Batman would be actually pretty cool. All right. Um, Behind the Galaxy, again, these are crazy names, but uh, on Twitter said, do you have any advice for aspiring, aspiring animators? And Golden Eye Anime. There you go. Because <laughs> that does go back to one of my other ones. Someone asked, uh, I gotta, I'd have to find it, but that was kind of the same question. How do you get better in animation? I'm like, that's why I have I animate. <laughs> uh, so, some other advice I would have is, um, I feel like my story is a story of persistence. Mm. Like it took a long time for me to actually land a job in the industry. And it was just like, just having 
grit and knowing what I wanted to do. That's and great. Just, like, sticking through it, working like a retail job just to like pay for school and then, you know, live <laughs> just to get here, you know? So, uh, yeah, be persistent and realize that you're not as good as you think you are <laughs> and get some help. There you go. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things I shared with, um, like I mentioned that class, I said, there's no substitute for hard work. You, you, you have to be willing to put in the time. This is not an easy medium, you know? Um, so yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, like yeah. something that we we're talking about earlier, um, know that it's scary. Like you're getting better and improving and challenging yourself. Usually it's not something that you enjoy that much. Uh, I know for me it was hard to, um, so I struggled a bit with, with the idea of uh, I'm not comfortable um, while doing iAnimate or like w w when I was faced with actual challenges, it was scary and it was, you know, nerve wracking. And, and a lot of those times, like it took me a while to figure, to, to actually understand that that's how you get better. Mm. Um, and I, I found that a lot of times I sort of uh, went back to like my comfort zone and what I, I was able to do that was just like uh, very limited. But at least it was something that I was I knew I could handle. Um, that that I think is definitely something I would say to anyone who wants to be uh, an animator. Maybe I mean that's advice for anything. But um, know that if you want to challenge yourself and, and grow in something, uh, it, it's it it's not easy and it's kind of scary. Gotcha. To, you know, adventure outside of your comfort zone. Embrace that a little bit, huh? Yeah. Um, John Liang says, uh, which of the three directors had the most say in the scenes you worked on? How did the feedback differ amongst the three directors? Um, for me, well, Bob Persichetti, is that how you say his last name? Yep, yeah. Persichetti. Yeah, so uh, at a certain point, it was Bob and Peter who were doing all the anim rounds. And then um, I think somewhere in the middle, Bob started taking over more. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he did a lot more, of, uh, like he gave a lot more notes on my shots particularly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bob was definitely the, the, the anim, uh, guy. Um, I think it took them a bit to sort of find uh, the balance uh, and what, I mean, they were all of course uh, involved in everything, but, yeah. um, I think at first they were trying to figure out the balance of, of who was, uh, you know, more pre present in, in which areas and, and Bob ended up being um, the, the anime guy. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, what about recording reference? You guys record much reference of yourselves for these shots. You guys rely heavily. I, and someone asked in one of the questions here about the storyboards, how did that, you know, uh, how much freedom did you guys have and, and things of that nature? So you guys speak about that a little bit storyboards versus your, your, your reference and bringing that into the final shot. Didn't want um, you to run with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times, the storyboards were just like a, a launching off point. I mean, I found that was like a launching off point, and then you can add your own um, your own flavor to the shot. And you can – Bob was really good about if you added an idea that wasn't there initially or how he saw it initially, he would, like, take a step back and try to, like, get whatever he had in his mind out just to like mm. take in what you were showing, mm. um, which is really good. So, um, yeah, I think on, um, 
on show I am now, they're more into the boards. Okay. Than on uh, Spider Verse. Gotcha. Yeah. Humberto, what about you? Did you find the, the similar experience? Yeah, yeah. I think we had a lot of freedom to um, plus the boards and 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 not be sort of restricted by <clears throat> by them. Um, we did shoot a lot of reference. Um, it was a very, I mean, the the style of the show was pretty, um, you know, observed, nuanced acting. Uh, try to not be cartoony. Try to not be, you know, um, I guess stereotypical. Um, so there was a lot of reference involved for acting choices, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily for actual motion, because we did stylize uh, motion, and we did, I mean, even with with having stuff on twos and trying to get, you know, graphic. Um, design on those poses, you might steer away from what your reference are actually doing. Um, but we did rely a lot on, on reference to, to get the acting done. Okay. Um, this one here is from uh, Dominic. It says, if you were to work on a sequel, obviously for this one here, what would you do differently if given the chance in terms of animation style? What would you have <laughs> maybe done differently? I would, uh, I would try to get more action shots. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't get to do one. The closest one I got to do was Smiles Falling Down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like mostly doing acting and like, uh, yeah, like pretty close-up acting most okay. of the time. Very yeah. cool. Which is kind of funny because sometimes a lot of people will be like, oh, I want those juicy acting shots. But I could see where for a Spider-Man one, though, you're like, no, that'd be some fun body mechanics yeah. there for Spidey. So I got my, uh, yeah. represent my shirt here. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Had to put this one off for the podcast. <laughs> what about you, Humberto? Uh, that, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure. Uh, I know I, I don't uh, care about action shots. <laughs> I'm all about acting. I love, like, selecting, and I'm so happy that, that I was able to work on, on like, nuanced performance on this show. Mm. I would just try to uh, find, find ways to polish had to go deeper in, in, in exploring all the tools and, and how, how much more we, could we refine um, motion and, and stylize smears. And I feel like we, we, we only, and we had a lot of design on that stuff, but at the same time, we, we sort of built a lot of libraries as, as we went along. Um, so I would, I would try to tackle another show like this with grabbing everything we did on the first one and and seeing what what of that works best and trying to really make sure we design um yeah all of that stuff um even further gotcha that's what i would try to do one of the things that i thought was so unique about this film too was there wasn't um it didn't seem like i'll, I'll say it this way it didn't seem like there was a hard and fast rule across the board that everything kind of looked like this this and that there was times when um the city in the background they had the uh, comic book uh, uh, blur effect. And then there was other times I'm looking, I'm going, man, that feels like it's like almost that photo reel, you know? And so it just, even from a scene to a different scene and not obviously back to back, but just at different times, that same scene might look very different. Um, and so it was just, it was just a really cool visual as well. Did you guys find that challenging at different times or just always just feel fresh? Um, willing to venture out on some of that kind of stuff. Uh, I always found it very like one thing that the um, Bob and Peter were always uh, saying in reviews that they wanted um, the movie to be very subjective. It was it was about Miles's experience. It was about Miles's point of view, um, and that 
like Bob, a lot of time would say like, I don't care about um, continuity. Like in, in, in CG, <laughs> we, we, a lot of time we're just preoccupied with like, well, this character is running at this speed. So by this shot, he's going to be traveled like whatever distance. And so by this shot, and he was like, I don't care. Like if Miles is scared, then the threat needs to look big. And, and you know, mm -hmm. yeah. he, he was really into um, uh, just subjective um, experience and how, how Miles was feeling. And I think a lot of that is reflected not just on, on, on camera framing and stuff like that, but like throughout the film, I think they really try to push um, the subjective part of, of this is Miles' story and this is how he's seeing the world. Um, so you do get a lot of different um, sort of looking, um, you know, graphic styles that I feel that were sort of they're trying to represent that, you know, how, how the character is feeling in this particular scene, gotcha. what the scene is trying to represent. It's just his you know, um, POV. Okay, very cool. I got to tell you, one of my favorite characters that was introduced, and hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but uh, Doc Ock, I thought that was, because it took me by surprise. I think that's what was one of the coolest parts. I thought that was a, a really fun character. Um, I, the Nore, uh, Noir one, Really, really cool. Um, and then obviously Gwen, St uh, Gwen Stacy was a very neat, neat character. Was there any favorites for you guys that you guys had? Uh, I really like Penny. Okay, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I think um, they handled her so uh, it was so true to anime. Uh -huh. And there was even like a little part where it looked exactly like a manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a very small, like, I don't know, probably like 10 frames. Uh-huh. It's just like a 10 frame section. I was like, oh my God, like, why isn't there more? <laughs> I guess that's kind of what I go back to that at, at, here's one film, but at any given moment, it just, it felt so different too at different times. So yeah, it, that's a great yeah. second. It was for 10 seconds. It felt like a yeah. different movie, you know? Uh, <laughs> what about you, Humberto? Uh, yeah, I mean, so you were saying favorite character. I, yeah, I, I favorite feel like I'm just, kind of stood out. I, I'm just, Team Miles all the way. Like okay. I, I work with him so much, and I like I was, uh, I, I enjoyed it so much um, that that I can't I can't think of anyone else I would rather be working with. Um, just uh, to to give due credit, Penny and Ham, those are both uh, the lead for those were um, was Dylan Reed, okay, who's a master in cartoon stuff. He's just like. <laughs> That guy is another one who, who I would love to do the stuff he does, but I would never dare to interfere <laughs> with anything he's doing. Um, and yeah, and Penny and Ham had a lot of really complicated uh, tools behind to, to mm. get them to work. Um, so yeah, that, that was a huge um, feat, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Um, well, guys, uh, we've gone to our, at least our time here. I really appreciate you guys' uh, input and just your time. I think, again, it's just, um, before I had a chance to see the movie, it just it was one of those things that people kept, you know, from other studios would post, hey, I've seen it. Man, this is not just hype. This is, this is legit. And so uh, what a cool opportunity to be a part of something very unique and, and a staple, I think, in our animation history. Like, I couldn't have asked for a better first feature mm -hmm. to be on. Like, it's... It's amazing. Like, uh, like I said before, like it took me a long time to break into the feature, and I don't know. I felt like it was a, it was worth the wait. Very cool. Because I got to be part of something extremely special. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for waiting with me on the tech, uh, technical difficulties, but uh, very cool podcast, and I appreciate your guys' input. Thanks a lot. Good luck, guys. Yeah. Be in touch. Bye. Then you're left in the dust unless I stuck by.